Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus album. The King Diamond Podcast with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcasts. So check out RatsoundReview.com or search Review on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. So, Nate, since you don't have the headphones, and I have to remind you, don't talk over everybody. Otherwise, we won't hear you. Got it? Yeah, I gotcha. All right, good. All right, ready? Here we go. He's got to be frozen like that. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... Welcome to Rat Salad Review, album versus album. Hello, guys. It's the Tech well, Threat Three-Way. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say I thought this was three-way trash, but whatever. <laughs> well, I guess technically it <laughs> is album versus album. Fuck it. Well, we have a guest here. What's Hello. up, Evan? What's up, Evan? Hey, not much. How's it going, guys? Not, not bad at all. You are in the band with Nate. You are the yep. guitarist, and I, I always forget the name of the band. Major uh, Malfunction. Major, thank you. <laughs> I know it was something with an M. Mm-hmm. I've got a friend. I've got a fan. One, at least Good. one, right? Yeah. Really. I just, I, I just can't believe Wayne doesn't remember it because of you know Full Metal Jacket. I mean, that's one of yeah. the greatest, most memorable movies ever. But you uh, know what yeah. they say: only sailors and faggots are named Wayne. Uh, ouch. Good night, everybody. We'll be doing the show with two new people. If anybody wants to submit a uh, a resume. What's the difference? Goodbye. And he says, he says Lawrence in the movie. Come join the Navy. I've never seen it. Really? You, you haven't? Seen Full Metal Jacket? You really should. It's one of the best war movies ever done. Oh, it's I'm, I'm the worst one to to ask if I've ever seen a movie. <laughs> yeah, just... you really are. Honestly. That sounds like yeah. a challenge. Uh, Dude, I haven't seen shit, so no worries. Yeah, all right, good. I'm I'm not alone then. I watched I just... a lot of movies. Yeah. You got you got nothing else to do. Yeah, really. Yeah. Not I actually right just watched the. Uh... <laughs> oh. Nate has left the chat. Thank God. Now the show just got better. All, All right. right. What is he? What happened? <laughs> Thank you. I went off to blow my nose. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. You got like a weird head cold today. You got a little, uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Go for it. <laughs> All right. No, I know you don't care. All right, Nate. I let you pick again. And this time you pick three albums. I hope you enjoy it a little more this time, Wayne. Well, I own all these albums this time, so... Okay, that does good. this one. Yeah. Well, good. the initial idea was, you know, well, I like, I like Megadeth, but I'm not a big fan of Marty Friedman. And here's two guitar players I would much rather see in Megadeth than Marty Friedman. Craig LeCicero of Forbidden and Jeff Waters of um, Annihilator. That is a very good. Uh, I, w- I would like to see that too, right? That's just. Uh, 
That'd be interesting. Bro, could it, you imagine five magics with Jeff Waters? Yeah. I could. Uh, he would I definitely fit in Megadeth like very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, did he ever try out for Megadeth? No. Um, Dave asked him, and he wanted to stay with Annihilator, which is a shame, because Never Never Land isn't, like, Annihilator's last really good album. I'm going to argue with that, but if you say so. I don't know. It's their last I, one I agree. Punch to it. Like any kind of bite. The guitar play know. is always great with Annihilator. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it always is, but uh, there, there's a reason Annihilator <laughs> is mentioned in the in a breath as and also Ram Band. It's because they really couldn't get their shit together most of the time. Yeah. Right. And the riffs end up usually saving the songs. Right. <laughs> and uh, whoever he has writing the lyrics is is uh, sometimes pretty bad. Oh, craft dinner is great. Craft <laughs> dinner is amazing. What are you Dude. talking about? Craft dinner. What? Craft dinner. Macaroni well, Nate, dinner is killer. I fucking love that song. I mean, you go from a song that's about like you know some like child's fairy tale to you know like fucking mac and cheese, and then like how can you get any better than that? Going straight into phantasmagoria <laughs> is how it gets. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> that All right, fucking Nate. guitar work it just. Oh my! I know, God. right? Yeah. Marty, uh, I, I gotta say it right here though that as a guitarist, um, Jeff Waters can shred circles around everyone else in this list. Like, don't get me wrong, they're all really good guitarists, but Jeff Waters is just on a whole nother level. Like, yeah. he has the technical skill. I think that you've seen Craig, Craig with Cicero, but the problem with his guitar playing, it just sounds like a bunch of finger exercises. Mm-hmm. You know, and whereas, like, Marty Friedman, he's throwing in all these, like, you know, really cool, weird scales, but it's not, like, your typical thrash lead. Whereas Jeff Waters, you know, has kind of the basics down, but he goes so far beyond, like, what is kind of standard in this genre and just goes nuts. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to comment on is Jeff and Dave's really similar rag lead. Like, they both very similar ways that they dive into the solo. I think they have the same, they have very similar approaches to um, writing solos, but it's like comparing a jazz guitarist to a classical guitarist and asking them to kind of play the same thing. Like, you're ultimately going to get something similar at the end of the day, but they're going to have two very different approaches to it. Well, it's like asking a jazz guitarist and a classical guitarist who's also a jazz guitarist. Yeah. Like, Jeff Waters has just got some innate white fingers that just, they barely touch, and everything lands at the perfect time. Yeah. Yet, all got that cadence and feel to do it. Yeah, it's it's clear that he has a very, um, for lack of a better term, robust and kind of very big pool of music that he's pulling from, pool of influences that he's pulling from. Because there are a lot of very creative leads, you know, on this record. <laughs> Actually, and even Alice in Hell, you know, like you expect kind oh, of a debut album to be like, you know, kind of like a boring middle of the road, just here's us album. No, it's it's completely different. Most oh, no, that's got human insecticide. That's like the fastest yeah. Canadian trash song. Yeah, that's my point right there. It's such a memorable album and they they really hit the ground running, you know, with that. And it mostly had to do, I think, with Jeff Waters' guitar work, his songwriting and even his um, his singing to just all those elements come together so perfectly on those two records. Yeah. yeah it was actually surprising to pick that one over uh, Never Neverland. Well, actually, Alice in Hell came out in 89. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, all from they're all 1990. All right. All right you got me. Here. You got me. Um, so for people not that can't see the video, uh, for our podcast listeners, what albums did you pick, Nate? I picked... an. Never Never Land by Annihilator, Twisted into Form by Forbidden, and Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Megadeth. Annihilator. Actually, I got, I got the two-CD version of the Annihilator thing. But nice. uh, Alright, so... Since we've already been talking about Annihilator... I yeah, let's continue with Annihilator. Mm-hmm. Fun Palace, probably my least favorite intro track out of all three of these albums. Really? I mean, I really like Holy Wars, and I really Yeah, like of course. Like, the vocals on Infinite are insane. Yeah. 
and Holy Wars is Holy Wars. It's one of Megadeth's classics, you know? Fun Palace, I don't even like it as much as say, oh, Alice on Hell, you know? It seems really? like kind of a cheap knockoff in a way, you know? There's, yeah, there's exactly. some approaches the to, you know, how they arrange the song. Yeah. The lyrics really are not great. <laughs> they were that and never, like, the title track, too, like, get back, back, leave me alone, take that, and that, I'll break your every bone. I just wanted to laugh. <laughs> like, that had to be, like, I like that more, though, because, you know, that's yeah. just being Canadian. Yeah, I mean. But I actually like the fun piles. That's actually the first Annihilator song I ever heard. Really? really? Yeah, they played it on the, um, a college radio station I used to listen to. And, um, Not a bad song. No. But they played it, and I, I didn't know who it was. And I, I didn't really like the song that much, but then, as I, because I, I record, I used to record all the shows, just in case it was good songs. And I did like kind of like that one, so I kept it. And then over time, uh, they never announced who the band was, so I never knew. It was probably like five, six years until I found, figured out it was Annihilator. Because we were on the uh, Heart of Metal message board at the time, and uh, I showed it to people on there, and they're like, "Oh, that's Annihilator." So then I finally found out what it was, and I bought the album, and I, I like that song. I don't know. I think it's a good opener. It's, it's one of my, actually one of my favorite Annihilator songs, I guess, because that's what I heard first, you know. Yeah, and I can understand that, and I would never. So say it's, it's one awesome. of your favorite Annihilator songs, but you just got done saying you didn't really like it that much. You only it grew on. Liked it. Oh. It grew on me. Yes. I didn't like it at first because it was it was strange. I, I didn't really like the vocals when I first heard it, and then there's oh, like God. a lot of weird there's a lot of weird things going on in the song. I don't know. It's it's got some weird stuff in it, but over time, like anything else, you know, you gotta sometimes just get into it, you know, by listening it over and over and over again. Sure. I always thought that Annihilator out of these three was probably the easiest to get into right away. Just because oh. it's it's so catchy and so well written, you know, it's it's basically like you know a pop like like he's almost writing a pop song, you know, with every song, and it's just it it digs your way into your brain, but not in the way Marty Friedman is. That's no, I'm not making that distinction there because Marty Friedman's a very pop guitar player. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at yeah. Megadeth's '90s career after this. Yeah. But yeah. I, we're just talking about rust and peace right now, though. That is probably the opposite of that. That's when, like, you know, things are kind of at their, like, max, um, probably maximum, like, you know, just creative flow with Megadeth, you know. They've pushed this very um, spastic approach to songwriting to its, you know, full potential, and they couldn't go any further after that. Right. So it yeah. makes sense they had to go pop. Yeah, actually, that, this is my first Megadeth album, too, uh, Rust in Peace. And um, just from the first song, Holy Wars, I was, like, hooked. And Hangar 18 was the first one I heard. I heard it on Headbangers Ball. They were doing that live in Rio, I think mm-hmm. it was. And uh, when I heard Hangar 18, I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. And yeah. really got into the band. See, I always thought it was Megadeth's most overrated album out of the big three great Megadeth albums, which are Killing Is My Business, Peace Sells, and Rust in Peace. It's like, I mean, I like Holy Wars as an opener. It's a great opener, but it's still not as good as Love You to Death or... Um, it's it's, it's kind of almost like two different bands, really. Yeah, well, it really I mean, actually, is. it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. yeah. But. Well, I like Nick Menza at some points, and then there's some points where he's just playing a really weak, like... Like, he would work a lot better in a band like Maiden, because he drum, drums a lot like Clive Burr or Les Banks. But it really doesn't work for Megadeth. Yeah, At least not, not all the time. I'm going to agree and disagree with that one right there. Um, I think his kick work is amazing, actually. Like, I think that what Nick Menza does really well is he knows how to back up a song. Like, you know, Mustaine can throw pretty much anything at him, and he, create, and he um, chooses something really interesting to put behind it. And I mean, that happens later in the album, but just, like, the album doesn't really get going for me until, like, Poison was the cure. Or Take even, No Prisoners? Take No Prisoners is great, but it's like, then it's Five Magics, and Five Magics is, I mean, the opening's cool, where it's, like, you know, all guitar-y and polyrhythm-y, but then it just turns into a Metallica song. Oh, it's like, that's God. not what I want from Megadeth. No, you're wrong. 
<laughs> Five Magics <laughs> is fucking awesome. Five I remember Magic. listening to that in, in fucking high school, and everybody was like so obsessed with that song. Five oh, Magic dude. starts out super boring. Like if they cut that intro down by half, it'd be such a great song. But I, I, I still love David Ellison's bass playing. Yeah. David Ellison's the highlight of that song. Oh yeah. I don't know. Poison Was the Cure is my favorite song off of this album because it sounds the most like the first album. Really? That's another one where they needed to cut the intro down a little bit. Like, if yes, made... I agree. But that half the length of the fucking song. Yeah, really. But then the rest of it is just such a blitzkrieg and so tightly written too. And I really like Nick Menza's drumming there because it sounds a lot like Gar and like you know he's got a lot more snare work going. It's just so spastic and frantic, and it really matches the rest of the song well. That like, has to be the most cohesive song. The first beat he does on the verse there is really lame, but the beat he does on every other verse in the song is really great. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I don't, I don't see it. I, I, this, I think this is his best drumming that he's done. Because after this, well, you know, yeah. the whole band starts going down. Megadeth becomes a radio rock band after right, this. Right, yeah. I mean, I love I love um, the next album. Uh, kind I of like it. But... not what I want for Megadeth. Hangar yeah. 18, I hate the first half of the song. I love the second half of the song. Yeah, because the second half gets crazy with all the souls going back and forth. So that's I the best part. Let's see, am I in tune? Um... <laughs> Just for you, Nate. Oh, I like it. Like yeah, some I like of the it too. riffs in this kind of lack, like Lucretia. Like it's good as an intro, but that whole clean guitar bit does not work as a driving reference song. I think that song out of any is really what was a harbinger to come in terms of Megadeth's career, where yeah. you have this very sort of sideways approach to riffing, but he's trying to write pop songs. Right, kind of basically, like kind of like what? Cryptogradings. Yeah, very much so, like cryptic writings and risk too. Yeah. But it's just it just really doesn't work in that context, you know. Right. I mean, I like Dawn Patrol too, and I like Tornado of Souls. Tornado of Souls is cool. Like Tornado of Souls is great. Tornado awesome. of Souls for being my favorite song on this record are those god awful fucking vocals. I fucking hate Dave's vocals on that song with a passion. Really? I I think he sounds fine. He sounds like yeah. he usually does. <laughs> are you are you listening to the remixed, remastered version? No, I got a version from like um, 2003 now that was still on Capitol. All right, good. Because I because I, I went to listen to this on on the Amazon app. Oh no, the all they have now way worse. All they have now is the remastered ones. I'm like, oh. where's the original? It's so bad. And I thought I thought it was remasters. I thought they were decent at first and then when I listened to it again today, I'm just like, uh, this is just oh. terrible. Like in Five Magics where he he um fixes that, that middle part where he's like has that, yeah. that that growly voice or whatever it is. It's terrible. Why would you change it to that? I never they, bothered no, with the remaster oh, in peace. Right, put the regular uh, vocal. Yeah. Yeah, you like switches the and especially so far, so good, so what pissed me off so bad, I took them back and got my money back. And <laughs> The first remaster to Killing My Business was needed, because that album sounded like shit. I, I like the original, but I, I like both of the remasters. But also on, on Dawn Patrol, they added a guitar in there. They, they didn't need that. It sounded cool with the bass and the drums and the, and the vocals. Yeah. Uh, it should, shouldn't have a guitar. That's, no, it didn't at all. No. Uh, they did add of... um, um, My Creation, which is a cool song. Yeah, they did. But if anybody's watching, do not get the remasters and remix. No. Just stick with the original Capital version. Yes, it's bad. The remasters, it's... like most Megadeth remasters, is awful. Yeah. It's like the George Lucas of metal remasters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, even even the last song, Rust in Peace, Polaris, that's another awesome, awesome song. That, that, that song's great. That's it, one it, of my the way the drums on the record. Yeah. That's that probably my second ass. or third favorite song on the album. It'd probably be Poison Was the Cure, Holy Wars, Rest in Peace. Yeah. I, don't, I love this album. This is like my the start of my Megadeth uh, journey, so I can't say nothing really bad about that album at all. Uh, one of my friends, I don't really have any problems with it. I mean, <clears throat> five, five Magics 
is probably the only song I would say isn't quite up to the quality of the other ones. It just gets kind of boring at some points, but yeah. even that song I love. Yeah. Um, there's nothing really bad to be said about this. I like I like Nick Menza's drumming on here. He did, didn't really bother me. He served his purpose pretty well. Coming from So Far So Good So What, Nick Menza was like a breath of fresh air because it was almost back like, like Gar, Gar was back in the band. In well, no. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. you know, not exactly, Huck, but he didn't Huck play. was just Gare's own tech, and, right. um, you know, he, he he wasn't really super skilled or special or anything. I think they just picked him because he knew the songs and he was functional. Yeah. And, I mean, you I like know, Huck. when you're spending all your time and effort on that much heroin, you can't really be bothered to look for the best drummer <laughs> around. <laughs> right. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Heroin yeah. ruins Megadeth. It's fucking. Uh. Oh. Heroin made some of the best Megadeth yeah. and also kind of ruined it. But yeah. it rotted Megadeth. From as far of as Dave's cocaine up made the best with Megadeth. Megadeth based on something he's done, I think being a born again hurts her career a lot more <laughs> than the heroin. Yeah, did. The play in the Conjuring. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. That does hurt a little bit. It's like Blackie Lawless not playing Fuck Like a Beast. That's literally my favorite watch. You're an idiot. (laughs) Well, you know, them not playing playing that as the encore is like Sabbath not doing Paranoid. It's just, it's It's like Metallica not playing Enter Sandman because they're a bunch of meth heads. (laughs) (laughs) They can't fucking sleep. Uh, Greg, I mean, we kind of skipped over a little bit. We went right into the Megadeth thing, but do you want to say anything about Never Neverland? Well, yeah, we really didn't go through the whole record. That's why no. I was a little confused. <laughs> we just skipped right over. We're jumping the record. We're like, all oh, three of them okay. at once, kind of. But uh, uh, I, li- I like the Annihilator record. I don't like it as much as Alice in Hell, which um, something Evan said I actually thought was kind of interesting. You were saying... Uh, first albums you you felt was just kind of a, an intro and here I am thing. Um, most of the time, like with Annihilator here, I find the first album is the more better written and rehearsed one because they've had years to do this with these songs. And then the second one kind of suffers, but um, Never Neverland's a little different because a lot of their early songs from the demos are split between Alice and Hell and this one. And I first heard this because the video for Stonewall was on MTV at one point, which, even though that's one of their most accessible poppy songs on here, I like Stonewall a lot. The I think one... musically Stonewall has to be the most interesting because it is meant to be very poppy and accessible, but they figure out how to throw in a lot of creativity and a lot of complexity into the song in a very creative way. Like, you know, the chords behind the solo are just spectacular. And Jeff Waters himself, too, said that the record company asked them to write, like, you know, a more commercial song. So he said he wanted to, you know, kind of rip off a bit of ACDC and combine that with some Exodus, you know, so he throws it to the record company and they're like, what the hell is this? This isn't a ballad. (laughs) No. Yeah, they made no, it for it anyway. And it, yeah, it spends like, two, what, two months on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, wow. something like that. And um, I, I believe it, the single entered the charts, at least in Canada, probably not in the United States. But, Fucking Canada. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, and it, what's interesting is that's done so well and it's so fully formed that disappointing when you get to a song like the title track and all that really saves it or makes it interesting is the solos and the riffs yeah it's just too much extra shit in the rest of the song and they can't they sound like he hadn't really decided what he wanted to do with any of it yet (laughs) yeah and i mean the, the riffs and guitar work being my favorite part of metal really saves annihilator as a band for me but like, I mean, you get the songs like "Imperiled Eyes" and "Phantasmagoria" and "Reduced to Ash" and just all, all these unbelievable twenty-four bar, twenty-six bar guitar pieces, where he just keeps adding fucking pieces and then doing the same part again in a different scale or like further up the neck, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, Phantasmagoria is stuff and make my it favorite work. song on here. He never loses steam, really. Yeah. He has a very mechanical approach to his guitar playing, too. Like, I mean, he is on every beat. Like, he plays like a computer, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, but he's yeah. still got that back forth, like any good player with feel. That's yeah, the- exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to sacrifice one or the other end. It's, you know, still super interesting to listen to it. You know, it's not just listening to R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, how often do you find a guitar that gets guitar player that gets both? You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I had Mup join the band. Yeah. Exactly. Mup's our other guitarist. He's like you know punky as hell. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I Lots thought you were talking more. about Annihilator for a second. I was like, who? But um. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but Jeff Waters, you know, he's been able to keep the band alive forever by himself, and now he's doing all the instruments pretty much on his own. So you know, he's he's fucking awesome. Except for I don't think he plays drums though, right? No. 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 But, uh, yeah, there's some cool songs in here. The Fun Palace is my favorite, obviously. Uh, Sixes and Sevens I like a lot. Uh, Never Never Land is the one. Because Sixes and Sevens is the other one I was going to name where I couldn't tell you what any of the fucking lyrics are because the rhythm line is boring as shit. But he fucking rips it up on the guitar during that song. That's. That's what helps these albums, man. It's it's Jeff Waters' guitar stuff, and that's it, what it helps the albums because the lyrics are, are corny as shit all the time, pretty much. Craft by a guitar player. Yes, Craft Dinner. I don't like that song. You guys like that song. What is wrong with you? That is the <laughs> best song of that album. Yeah, that's oh, Craft Dinner is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you are wrong. I am wrong. Go to wrong. your room, Wayne. <laughs> all right. Craft Dinner is like the institutionalized of this album. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That that's a good song though. Uh, Phantasmagoria is a good one, and I'm in command is a good one too. Phantasmagoria, uh, just from a from a conducting standpoint and from like an arrangement standpoint, is spectacular. That fucking layered guitar about two thirds of the way in the song. Yeah. I love it when Jeff Waters layers guitar because it really yeah. shows his skill in composition. Yeah. Yeah. Road to Ruin 2 is kind of a sleeper song for me. Like, that's one that I did not get at all when I first heard the album, and now I fucking love it so much. Mothers Against Drunk Driving presents to you a heavy metal song. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. They, like, bro. Yeah. Exodus did it way better on Impact is Imminent with yeah. the title track. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I just wish he just had a better uh, song, uh, lyric writer. That, that's all. Yeah, Otherwise, the music is awesome and really fun to listen to. Right. Pretty much on every any album, Annihilator album, you really get music's usually always good. Uh, right. I'm gonna grab always good. Your catch, okay? Yeah. Go for What's that? The guitars are always good, I will say. I cannot say the music completely because there is a lot of boring shit from the backing band on a lot of Annihilator songs. Yeah, and of that, course. And that's really why I've never gotten into them, anything they've really done past 1993. The new right. stuff that he's been doing lately, is, it's been really good. He's been singing... Yeah, yeah, I, I like his vocals. I like how he's singing and everything. And you know, he's still playing the same music and, and everything. So yeah, he sounds all right. He's good. He's he's cool to me. I don't know. I like him. Yeah. I'm still fairly new to Annihilator. You know, I've only been listening to him for not too long. I don't know how long. Long enough. Um, I got the first two, and then I I, I can't remember the name of the one that fucking follows this. I know Phoenix uh, Rain was the name of the single from it. But... Yeah, I love that song. And that there's a funny thing about that album. The vocalist has a lisp. <laughs> Set the world on fire. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a good album. And I actually like that singer. He's he's really good. And I wish they would have kept with him, but I don't know why he left. But it, 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 throughout their whole career, they've had singers come and go. So. Oh, really King of the Kill right actually came out after that one. I had that backwards. Yeah, so King of the Kill was the last one I really liked, and I actually thought Set the World on Fire was kind of lame for most of mm. it. But... Yeah, it wasn't as trashy as uh, you know the previous albums were. All right, we're going to edit this show right here at 3553.
where no there was one i'm trying to remember what it was called but there was one that came out wayne that they used to go nuts for back on the heart of metal board and it was oh yeah at the time and i oh it's just called metal god that sucks it's boring but it's not awful it's very it's it's very like almost industrial sounding ish in a way if i'm thinking of the right album Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're, you're right. right. I it, think it's, it's it's very awful. plotting. It's not a good record. Yeah, Schizo no, Deluxe wasn't too bad. No, that one was pretty good. I the like one some that songs came before it, but that's one thing. But still, I mean, if I was doing a list of like top thrash guitarists, Jeff Waters would definitely be in there. But on the same token, if I was gonna do top thrash bands, Annihilator wouldn't be anywhere near the top ten. Right. No. Yeah. That's why I wish you was in Megadeth. I don't even think they'd make the top 20. Me neither. <laughs> That's why I wish you yeah. was in Megadeth. Because I'd put them number one on thrash guitar players. Just in sheer ability. You know, not, Sorry not, to leave you guys not what I even just his guitar not playing. Much. But I, I we kind of stopped it, so I'm going to wait till we get over with this and then I'll restart. I think Jeff Waters would have made Megadeth just really interesting because he has such a clear, refined approach to writing music. I think it would have helped out Dave with some of the sloppiness he falls into sometimes. And even if they did go poppier, like they still probably would have, I think those records would have been better if Jeff had been there. Who knows, too? Um, I... Personally, love the first four Megadeth albums because Dave's composition style is just so like you know left of you know left of the dial. It's oh, just yeah. so freaking weird. He's like you know mashing parts together um, that you just don't think would work together, but he somehow makes it work just out of sheer willpower. I mean, it's that's why I think Jeff Waters could have been in there too, is because he's really good at writing transition licks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to hear him on any of the first three honestly just i'm thinking more maybe rust in peace and then after that yeah no i still want alice in hell to exist yeah i mean jeff waters i don't think he would have been a good fit for rust in peace though just because his guitar playing at least his um approach to scales and stuff like that is so straightforward whereas marty friedman is just so wild with it like he's throwing in all these middle eastern scales and all these really creative you know licks of yeah. it really fits with the theme of the album too. yeah he yeah. really accentuates um dave's guitar playing and it just seems like you know dave always writes really complicated rhythms but marty friedman kind of takes that and really builds off of it whereas most other guitarists and i'm guessing especially jeff waters would probably be playing against that mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the exact opposite. I think Marty Friedman is like fighting Dave's like kind of natural speed every step of the way. Grab another cigarette. Yeah. Like even your songs off of so far so good. So what? Like hook and mouth that are really quick like that. It's like I think Marty Friedman really killed the speed of the band. Huh. I don't know. I think that. Marty Friedman and Dave Mustaine have a really interesting tension going on between the two of them as guitarists. You know, just because it seems like... like tension as much as I like harmony between guitar players. Yeah, that's true. But why are you such a big Voivod fan, then? Well, there's only one guitar player in Voivod. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, Piggy creates so much tension in of himself. And it's kind of interesting to see these two people. Like, it's not like they're on different pages. It's just that they have such different approaches to what they're doing, and it kind of makes it really interesting seeing how they, like, you know, on Hangar 18, the way they sort of ping-pong back and forth. I think it's like trying to run through, like, mud. It's just... Yeah. I can see how it might get a little bit tedious after a while, but it's one of those things that, you know, like, the, the it gets the music brain going. Mm-hmm. And you're always like, oh, what scale is he using now? How is he going to, you know solo or work around this riff you know it's just super interesting it sounds catchy as hell too but it's really yeah. interesting on a conceptual level too so it has it ticks all the boxes for me personally yeah you're crazy nate i don't know yeah it's just nate odd man, yeah, I odd, odd man out mm-hmm. <laughs> i i think he i think it's like you go from dave mustaine soloing to marty friedman soloing it's like running and then running smack into a wall it's, I, I think he sticks How up. So? 
How so, would you say? Like, he doesn't have the attack. That's why See, I See, kind of I like don't it, think he's trying to do that, though, is the whole thing. Even I with his he's solos, that, he's I trying don't... to compliment Dave, not oh. copy what he's doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is what he should be doing. That's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Poland is such a unique guitar player. When they were, like, attacking each other with their solos, it worked for them, but Nick Menz isn't that type of player, but... Like we said earlier, too, this is almost like a totally different band, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like comparing the two Maidens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Frequent solos, unlike most thrash guitar, um, I'm looking at you for bed, and it has character to it. You know, the <laughs> solos are, you know, super, super interesting all the time, and I hate to keep going back to that one word, but it's just fascinating seeing how, you know, a guy can come up with stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's not what I want from Megadeth. Yeah. Like, I liked Hawaii, Marty Friedman's other band, and they were kind of speed metal-y. What was your first Megadeth album, Nate? Uh, I think it was Rust in Peace. Either that or Peace Stells. I can't remember. (laughs) I don't know, I heard, like, Holy Wars, and then I heard, like, Peace Stells, and then, like, song by song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, since you mentioned uh, Forbidden, Evan, we will go to Forbidden. Twisted into form. Yes. Yeah. What a I great think Forbidden album. just really functions well as a unit, do it. Yes, they do. Just Forbidden's the first... a great oh, band, and my only complaint I have about this album, and I'll just say it now and get it right out of the way, is the production could be a little bit better. And I honestly never really thought about it before, but listening to all three of them today, it's like, damn, they really got fucking shortchanged on this yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, after this, they pretty much just went in, into obscurity. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, the production is so bad or flat in a couple of spots, it almost makes it sound sloppy. But it isn't. It's just you can't really hear what they're doing. It's just so brick walled too. Like I like the guitar mm-hmm. tone on its own, but it doesn't fit in, especially for this genre music where everything has to be so percussive. It's like, you know, your your guitar should be like you're being slashed with a bunch of knives, not hitting your head against a brick wall. <laughs> I will say, the drums and the vocals sound good on it. Yeah, I never but, really had a problem with the production on this album. Oh, it's brick walled to hell, just like mm-hmm. Evan said. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing. But yeah, the tone, I think, is crushing, just not for thrash metal. But this, this is the first one I have ever started out with. A friend of mine gave me a copy of a cassette, and... Um... I was just blown away because this is, it's got everything I like in it. It's fast, got double bass stuff, uh, really thrashy guitars, and then it's got the, the operatic kind of style vocals. And it's just, it just, it fits. It's my favorite type of thrash metal. I don't like the really the growling type stuff, but the, uh, Forbidden is just awesome to me. Infinite, great opening track, Out of Body, Out of Mind, uh, Step by Step, Twisted into Form. Almost every single song on here is, is like just awesome. One Foot in Hell is probably my second favorite uh, Forbidden song. It's a great way to end the album. I like Infinite probably as much as I like Holy Wars. Just because of Russ's singing. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, to kind of go up what you said, Wayne, it has all that stuff, but just for me, it just seems like the elements don't come together. It's like the same problem. Hmm. I know that Nate and I really disagree with this, or about this band, but it seems like just kind of violence. I have the same complaints, you know, with this album that I do with Violence, where, like, they have all the elements, they have excellent singing, they have excellent playing when it comes to the instruments, they have excellent songwriting and excellent riffs, Mm. but it just seems like it's a victim of its own ambition. Like, there's so much dead space on this album. Like, I can't remember, I've been listening to this album, like, straight for a week, and I can't remember a damn thing off rip. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it's it's a good song. Like, I enjoy it whenever I'm listening to it, but it just gets so unmemorable for some reason. The second half of the album, sure. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about with violence, but that's how I feel about Testament. So I, I can see the connection. Well, I, I agree yeah. with Evan about violence. I don't agree as it applies to Forbidden, but that's... <laughs> yeah. It's also just keep in mind, too, that, like, you know, I have a very 
long relationship with Megadeth. Like I went through a huge thrash phase a number of years ago and Rust in Peace was one of the few albums that really stuck with me when I was out of it. And I've always appreciated Jeff Waters as a musician, but Forbidden was the one that I never really gave a listen to up until like a week ago when Nate invited me on this. So I really, I like got all the albums from this that I didn't have before. And I've given Forbidden easily the most time, you know, in preparation for this, but they've left the least impression. And ironically too, I have the most stuff to say about these guys as well. But it's just like, you know, the, the, Member like like the memorability of the music is just not there for me, and I'm not sure why because it's so good. I can Maybe. understand about what you mean about R.I.P. Though, I mean, yeah, I I got both this and the first album uh, when I was about 16, and I used to listen to them constantly. So I've lived with this for a super long time. So mm-hmm. I remember some of the lyric lines and shit after about 20 years. But are they really memorable? No, not really. And no. honestly, it's about two minutes too long. They meander yeah. way too much in the middle section, and they lose you, which is unfortunate That's... because One Foot in Hell is about six minutes long, and it's one of the best songs they've yeah. ever done. That song has to be the most tightly written off the whole album. Like I love, I think Infinite's probably the best one, but that one has a lot of dead time too, especially right after the solos. Yeah, you but know I what's like funny is I never really thought about that before. Because I really enjoy the back and forth of the rhythm section on that, but you're right, there really isn't much going on yeah. there. Huh. Look, if they cut all those parts by half and just arranged them in a more interesting way and kept the energy going, because it really gets bogged down, especially when it's going really slow. Like um, when you got Paul Bolstaff just attacking the Toms, it it they are trying to sound very big and epic, but it just sounds lethargic. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. That's Jeez. interesting. Just, I never thought of it that way before. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got I got to disagree <laughs> with that one, but that that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. It is. That, that, yeah, I mean, you agree with you on green. What? Yeah, well, that's a totally different fucking band. It's like Pantera. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you ever give um, the first album a listen, Forbidden uh, Evil? Forbidden Not really as much, yeah, but I, every song that I've heard off of it, I've absolutely loved, though. Yeah. yeah, though that's a better album. It is a heavier album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I have, to, yeah. I have to listen to, to this one to refresh my m- memory of it. I do think Forbidden Evil is the better one, but this one is is great too. Yeah, yeah. Forbidden Evil also I, was marching into fire. So I mean, yeah. both points for me. Honestly, though, like the best three songs on this are um, originally from demos they started writing around the time of the first album that they refined by playing mm-hmm. them on their first tour. Mm-hmm. Which are one foot in hell, infinite, and um, out of body, out of mind. Really, yeah. twisted into form. The title track has to be my favorite off this one, though. Oh, and it's ironic because I think that it it seems like it shouldn't work, especially with the way that I described the band and how the elements come together. But it does surprisingly well, at least on that song. It's just everything like it's it seems so busy, whereas the rest of the album just seems cluttered. You know, there's like a through line to the songwriting. There's always something to latch on to, and all the other songs lack that one thing to latch on to. It just seems like everyone's trying to go 100% all the time, and no one knows when to kind of pull back and let, you know, a catchy part or a great part come through. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but for me, when there, whenever something loses its ability to be latched onto, something else comes in to re-grab my attention. Yeah, no, and that that's what's really working for these guys, too, is but you have to always kind of um, leapfrog between parts with mm-hmm. this. Whereas, like, Annihilator, everything works together so well. There are a lot of Megadeth songs that work like that as well, you know, but it's just not happening, at least for me on this one. Like, Annihilator is okay. like a tightly knitted sweater. Megadeth is like a PB&J sandwich, and this is like <laughs> a random fucking Legos put together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think that's a really that's <laughs> a good way to put great, things. Way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> hmm. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like airtight, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. These are there's not a misplaced yeah. note. 
No. Exactly. That's that's the appeal of them, you know. Um, I just think that Twisted Into Form really became a victim of its own ambition. Like, I'm in a Moonsorrow t-shirt. My favorite song is a half an hour long, for crying out loud. But <laughs> I just think that, like, if they cut, like, you know, five or six minutes off of right. um, Twisted, you know, that would be an excellent, excellent record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that happens with some songs, you know. Some songs could be seven minutes long, and it feels like it's only like three minutes because it's that good. And then you got songs yeah. that go six so minutes, and they feel like they're about a half hour long. So, yeah. Although I have to say, I would consider this one more the tightly knitted sweater as opposed to Never Never Land. Jeff Waters might make it sound really great altogether, but when Forbidden Meanders a little bit, it still works as part of the song. It doesn't mm-hmm. make me go, ah, oh, this sucks. When mm-hmm. does it get to the next guitar riff, you know? I suppose, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel the same way too. But only because I've known, or I've listened to For- Forbidden a lot longer than I listened to Annihilator, you know, I'm more familiar with Forbidden. Same here. Well, you know? yeah. That's why I think even if you, Evan, if you listen to Forbidden a little bit longer, maybe two weeks, no, <laughs> a few months, <laughs> yeah. but uh, if you listen, the longer you listen to it, I think maybe you'll open it up to a little bit more. I don't know. Let's have an episode about Forbidden oh. like three months down the line, then my opinion will be like completely different. Yeah. We should sure. do a Forbidden show. I, I, Forbidden's like one of those hidden gem bands, I think. Yeah. You know, and they're, people know like them, two but they don't they're really great. Do. Yeah. No, they're great, though. I mean, live, too. Like, live is where they really shine. Like, every oh, yeah. song off, off Twisted, you know, every song done live, I think, is so much better than the record. Yeah. What were you saying, Greg, before I cut you off? Um. Well, I even like Distortion and Green, actually. They're I do, too. Very, right? very different from these, but um, I also took the bass player's niece out a couple of times. Oh, wow. Yeah, he uh, a couple of them are from New Jersey originally. Oh, that's cool. Any stories? No, uh, I only met him <laughs> once. Nice enough guy. But... I'm talking about the niece. I don't know. I was on drugs. <laughs> Just make something up. Yeah, she was cute. <laughs> Actually, uh, talking about distortion, my favorite song is "Feed the Hand." That's actually my favorite forbidden song, "Feed the Hand." Really? Yeah. For some reason, I just I really, really, really like that song. It's a cool song. It's a good but one. But... It's completely those two albums is completely different from the first two albums. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even sound like the same band. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, Omega Wave was song. kind of boring though. Yeah, they tried to go back to the first two albums, but yeah, it still it didn't work that well. <laughs> But all right, so what? Uh, let's all right. Let's give Forbidden Twisted into Form. What are we gonna give? Zero to ten. I'm gonna give it uh, seven and a half. I didn't. I didn't tell you to go first. We have a guest. Guests go first. You prick. <laughs> I um. Evan. Yeah. Overall, I'd say yeah, a, a strong seven. You know, just in music in general, I I really liked it. Uh, it it still had some things. They were still trying to figure out their sound. It seems like, but they definitely have something really cool going on, and yeah, I'm I'm glad I got it for this podcast, and I'm going to listen to it a lot more. Yeah, definitely give it some more listens. Some good shit on there. Yeah. Greg? Yeah. I give it an eight and a half. There's a couple of things that bother me that yeah. uh, keep it from being rated higher, but it's an excellent record. Yeah, I'm actually going to do the same. And because I love the guitar playing on it. They They have two instrumentals on there. You know, it's like two... We need two instruments. Well, Spiral Depression, I think, works really well with Tossed Away, but uh, you could lose Parting of the Ways and just have it start off with it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, I think that would make it a better record, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, Nate, what were you giving it? Because I wasn't listening to you the first time. You know, I think I'll give it an eight. An eight? All right. And, you know, you, you would think for somebody that uh, likes Disney stuff so much, you'd have more manners. Uh, Annihilator Never Never Land Evan That's a hard one Probably 8 Yeah It's kind of homogenous throughout But aside from that It's tightly written The guitar playing is great And yeah It's it's a fun It's a fun record Craft Dinner How can you beat that song? Yeah (laughs) There's plenty of better songs you are wrong. Uh, no, I'm not. Greg. 
Uh, this one I'd have to give a seven, partially because of what Evan said about it being too homogenous. Um, the the memorable tracks are really really great, but there's a few songs on there that are just you know instantly in one ear and out the other. Other than some of his leads and riffs. Yeah, I'm agreeing but, with but, you on this as well. Yeah. But the, what the, the, the writing and the playing on it is excellent. They um, <clears throat> they definitely had the sound of their attack refined, but uh, he could have worked on a song writing a little bit. Yeah, yep, exactly. I'm doing the same as you, number seven. And like I always said, the music is great. The lyrics are just kind of terrible at some spots. But I was going to give it a seven, but Craft Dinner makes me give it a seven and a half. <laughs> I love it. It's just because I saw that YouTube comment that said "all st- all rise to the Canadian national anthem." I <laughs> yeah, they got in trouble for because it was supposed to be craft dinner, so they got in trouble for doing craft, no. But they had to change it, didn't they? Uh uh-uh. uh No, I thought that's why uh, I heard. That, no, no, that is a common rumor. That is actually a misconception. Well, I'm glad you're on the they, show. They they they, they, wrote, they wrote it and sung it as they pronounce it in Canada because of their accents. The T gets dropped off, and when uh-huh. you ever talk to a Canadian and you hear them say it, they say it as craft dinner. Fuck oh, it, no, no. I'm yeah. glad you're on the show. This is this is why I, I tell you to stay. Because mm-hmm. he, he constantly wants to leave. I say, you have to stay because you only want to know shit. Oh, why don't we cover it? Hey, I never it. seriously want to leave. It's just some days I'm really fucking baked and I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let me watch more Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Dude, I want Voivod to cover it and have it be Lovecraft Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. Dude, right. that would be great. I ought to, ought to message Chewy about that. Tell him to figure out a horn arrangement for it, too. <laughs> yeah. Megadeth, Rust in Peace. Mm, nine out of ten. I just love this album. Even, like, the parts that I couldn't get into at first, I just listened to it so many times. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, there's always something to get out of it. Yeah. I love it, yeah. Good, good job, Dave, and... Dave and company. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, I got to give it a nine as well. There, there, there's a couple little goofy things that keep it from being a perfect album, but uh, yeah. it's it's an excellent record and a really solid one and definitely deserves uh, all the praise that it gets. Uh, but the first four Megadeth albums, you know, they're like burned in my DNA. I listened yeah. to all of them so many times. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, but, uh, I, I I will say, though, the, the one line on this record that's kind of tough for me to listen to without cracking a smile is during Take No Prisoners when he goes, Take no shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, that is funny. Sounds like a pissed off kid that got passed over by the ice cream man. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm agreeing with both of you. I'm going to give it a nine as well. Since it's my first Megadeth album, it's the one that made the biggest impression on me. And uh, yeah, I know, I know this album from from like the back of my hand. You know, I used to play, I used to play drums. This is how I learned how to play drums, like with the heavy, you know, Nick Menza style drums. So, very uh, meaningful album to me. As I always say, the decline of Megadeth started when Dave started wearing those gay ass flowery shirts. Yeah, yeah, and Rusty. This is where he started wearing those gay-ass flowery shirts. Oh, jeez. No, it wasn't. He yeah, was it still... was. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was. 90 through 91. <clears throat> he started wearing those, like, deep V-cut. He's wearing the big, big sleeve old. shirt on that way. No, I was going to say, I don't think he started doing it until the tour, yeah. Yeah. I meant mm-hmm. live. Because that's what really matters. But. Uh, whatever. If you're going to fucking grade a band over that, get a life. Going... Right? Come on! I really, I like I like a lot about this album, but there's too many just minor complaints, just completely amalgamating snowball. Giving it like a eight, seven and a half. I like the first two Megadeth albums that much more. I'd rate either of them a ten. Oh, so would I, and those were my first two. 
and I love them, but you That's, know, for me, uh, it's like we, we, we're not comparing the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, no matter what you rated it, it didn't matter because Megadeth still won. Yeah, I know. I knew it. Was <laughs> I knew you, it would win. Knew that was gonna win. I mean, come on. That's that. This is classic. This is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it's gold, man. Although I, I I would say it, although I agree that Megadeth is the best out of these three, if I was forced to choose, I would take Twisted in a form. Mm. If I could only have one out of the three, yeah. but that's just because as great of a Megadeth album as it is, it, it's not my favorite Megadeth album. But this is one of my favorite Forbidden records. Yeah. So good picks, Nate. Thank you. As I really didn't have to listen too much intently to these albums because I knew them so well anyway. So mm-hmm. These are the ones I like to do. Not much work involved. I did have to go back and listen <laughs> to Annihilator. But that was... Yeah, yeah I like never, yeah, never I before more than I remembered. Like I yeah, said, you know. Um, the, the second half of that album was much, much stronger than I remembered it being. Yeah. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I bought, um, let's see, what, the Annihilator and Forbidden Records for the show, and I definitely don't regret that at all. Very Some good. of the, yeah, best now, did 20 you, Where did you buy it? What? Did I you buy the CD? No, too. just iTunes, because I was at, you know, at work listening to my phone, so. <sighs> I'm sorry. You are part of the problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, if he bought a $30 out-of-print <laughs> CD from somebody on eBay, Wayne, none of the fucking money goes to the band I anyway, guess, so I does know. it really matter? He bought yeah, it you on You guys buy these, like, $120 records that none of it goes to the fucking band. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, all these albums I bought were used, so <laughs> that go real. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, I buy a ton of used albums. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. But uh, thank you very much, Evan, for joining the show. Had a lot of thank fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this this was great. Very knowledgeable guy, especially with being a guitar player, and we're talking about you know some really good guitar players on these albums. Oh so. yeah, and since I haven't had it yet, here's my Voivod reference for the show. I got a new coaster. Oh god. Nice. Just launches into killing technology. Alright. <laughs> yeah. God, I love that song. Thank you. Good night. On the show. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good night. Alright. Ratsalreview.com. Uh please buy a t shirt. We're gonna have some new t shirts made. I had a really cool idea with the Ooh. three of us on it. I'll I'll tell you after. Is that uh, a drawing of me when I did the shirt bikini? Get out of here! No, no. Oh bummer. No, no. This will be kind of cool. I think. I think you'll you'll dig the idea I got. Um, anything else? Oh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe to YouTube, and uh, follow please follow Major M Band. Major Twitter. Major Malfunction. So we can get back to goddamn shows already. Have you ever played a show? We had some I lined up, but then we got canceled. Fuckers aren't wearing masks in the pandemic stands. Well, I'm talking about before the pandemic. No, we didn't get a chance to because it's like, fuck. Hmm. And I want to go back to shows. I want to start playing shows. I'm sick of this shit. Yeah, me really. too. I'm really sick of this. <laughs> Good night, everybody. See you yeah, next week. Care, Bye.
What? <laughs>